My friend gives her heart and soul to volunteer for a non-profit organization. And she does an incredible job. Yet this week, she was expressing her frustrations with me. And these are frustrations that I've heard from many others who volunteer or work in the nonprofit sector, whether it's for schools, parents' guild, charities. Very often, even though everyone recognizes how vitally important these nonprofits are for our lives and for our communities, it's often seen as a thankless job. And it got me thinking, why is it? Why is it that if people, we, we seem to understand the importance and the great work that these people that volunteer or work in the nonprofits are doing, why is it often seen as a thankless job? And it got me thinking about another conversation that I had a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, we were hosting a Shabbaton and someone asked me a question, a very insightful question that I'd never thought of before, but I should have. We were discussing the custom of eating dairy on Shavuot. And one of the reasons that's given for the custom is that Shavuot was when the Jews got the Torah and it was the first time they were given the laws of kosher. So they didn't have time to go and kosher their pots and slaughter the animals according to, to kosher law and cook them according to kosher law. So they ate dairy because dairy can be eaten raw. So he asked a very insightful question. He said, hold on a second. Didn't the Jews eat manna in the desert? Didn't they eat the man? And I thought to myself, that's a great question. So we did a bit of research into it, and the first thing to bear in mind is that this is not the only reason given why, why there is a custom to eat dairy on Shavuot. There are many, many other reasons that are given. Nevertheless, upon investigation, it does seem to appear that the Jews ate other stuff besides just for manna. It wasn't the only thing. The man wasn't the only thing that the Jews ate. Hold on a second. What is going on here? Why on earth? What was this manna that they were given from heaven? It was food that was literally sent down from heaven, right? No, n- no shopping, no cooking, no thinking up a menu. Drop down from heaven. It could taste like anything you wanted. Imagine, right? It's supper time. Your kids ask, what's for supper? And you're like, whatever you want. That would sure make for a different supper time experience, right? And people that ate it, there was no human waste because it was all absorbed by the body. It sounds like sounds like this like amazing spiritual superfood. Why on earth would the Jews want to eat anything else other than the manna? And the truth is that if you, we look through the story of the Jews traveling through the desert we find that not only did they eat other food, but they complained <coughs> about the manna. They complained that they wanted fresh meat, right? The, they didn't want to just eat manna the whole time. They wanted to eat this meat. What, what's going on here? How could they be so ungrateful? How could they take 
this spiritual superfood that's amazing, right? Could taste like anything and kind of say, nah, we, we, want, we want something else. So the truth is that human nature is not to be content with what we have. We're told that someone who, want, who has a hundred, whether it's a hundred dollars, a hundred pounds, wants two hundred. <coughs> someone who has two hundred wants four hundred. It seems that we're stuck in this trap of no matter what we have, we want more. Now, is this a bad thing? Well, the truth is that like in most other things, it's neither good nor bad. It depends how we direct it. What do I mean by that? We each have a soul that knows that we are greater than we could possibly than than than, than we could possibly imagine, right? And that soul is the drive for not being content with what we have, right? It wants more. It wants us to accomplish more, right? And if you think about this, this drive is what drives scientists to find the, the cure for the next illness, right? This is what drives inventors to find a solution and a better solution to problems. It, 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 this is what drives people to start organizations that help other people. It's an incredible drive when we direct it in the right way. But when it's not directed in the, in the right way, it can look like a pursuit for endless luxury, right? Imagine you take someone who lived 100 years ago and they fell asleep and you put them in a house today. They would be like, wow, that's amazing. We have lights, we have heating, we have air conditioning. Give them a, a, a three or four weeks and it won't be long before they start complaining about the cost of an electricity bill. This is the flip side of our drive. The Torah only tells us the stories that are relevant to our lives. It tells us the story of how the Jews ate the manna and complained about the manna to give us a cautionary warning that yes, we have an insatiable drive, right? That even though we absolutely have to recognize our accomplishments, and that's something we discussed in a previous podcast, that drive is never going to be satisfied because it knows that we can and are capable of doing and achieving more. But that drive has to be directed to our spiritual accomplishments. Because if not... It looks like the endless pursuit of luxury. And we have to have that balance where we, where we direct our drive and, and for more to our accomplishments. And at the same time, we recognize the material and the blessings that we have in our lives. Wishing you all a good Shabbos.